Hi, DisasterCast listeners, Drew here. This podcast is the first in a series that are going to run interleaved with the regular DisasterCast episodes. You won't get any fewer regular episodes, but you will get something new in the feed every week now. If you enjoy Ron's work and you'd like to encourage more of this sort of thing, please do give us some feedback on iTunes or via feedback at disastercast.co.uk. Hey, this is Ron Gant, and this is my two cents worth of safety for DisasterCast. Go through a little mental exercise with me. Think about yourself in 10 years in the future. What will your interests be? Who will your friends be? Where will you be working and what kind of person will you be? Now think about who you were 10 years ago and compare that person to who you are now. Chances are you're quite different than you were a decade ago. However, if you compare the results from looking backwards to your predictions of the future, chances are you predict that you will not change that much in the next 10 years. This exercise from psychologist Dan Gilbert highlights an important feature of human cognition. We consistently underestimate how much can change in our lives, even in relatively short periods of time. The me of 10 years ago is often drastically different than the me of today. But somehow I predict that the me of 10 years in the future will be very much the same person as today. The illusion of constancy and certainty invades our understanding of who we are, at least who we are today. I'm the master of me, and I kind of like me. Therefore, I will remain me in the future. When I look back at who I was in the past, specifically as a safety professional, the difference is quite striking. My father started a safety training and consulting company back in 1991, out of an office in our home, right next to my bedroom. I was in middle school at the time and basically grew up around the business, even as it grew out of our house and into a dedicated office. I loathed the idea of joining the family business. Few things sounded less interesting as a career than safety. Unfortunately, after a brief unsuccessful attempt to become a rock star, I found myself broke, without many friends where I was living, and without many options. I called my dad and talked him into giving me a job inspecting fire extinguishers and other equipment for regulatory compliance. My world was regulations. Safety was about figuring out what was required by law and forcing people to do whatever that was, one way or another. And that's where I was 10 years ago, growing into regulation, growing into control, growing into certainty. I grew from an equipment inspector into a trainer and eventually a consultant. In many ways, I thought of myself like a stereotypical bad preacher, telling people the good news, how to be safe, using the good book, regulations, to beat down detractors. I'm going to protect you, from you, in spite of you, was my motto. Around four years ago, a large client contracted with us to help improve their safety programs. But this client wanted more than just compliance. They wanted a world-class safety program, whatever that is. We rose to the challenge, but it was clear that we had a steep learning curve to overcome. I was in uncharted territory. Was there even such a thing as safety beyond compliance? I started going the route of most safety professionals and looked to structured management systems. These had a particular appeal to them given that they had an air of legitimacy. 
After all, if a lot of safety professionals agree that this is good, then it must be good. But it allowed me to keep the structure of compliance as a mindset that I was so comfortable with. Safety is about control, plain and simple. The only question was how much control was needed. If you want more safety, you need more control. Even still, something about all this just wasn't satisfying. Perhaps it was the simple fact that when we made suggestions to the client to implement the system, there was no collective shout for joy. The project moved forward and we delivered a large report with recommendations that, to my knowledge, have not been implemented to this day. Which may be a good thing, in retrospect. This frustrated me, though. Around this time, I also developed a sense that what we were attempting to do as safety professionals is inherently good work. But if people disregarded our recommendations, what good is that? I needed to understand why people didn't do what was so clearly, from my perspective, in their own best self-interest. So I continued studying. That's when I happened upon the works of Todd Conklin with his Human Performance Improvement Model and James Reason with his infamous Swiss cheese model. I didn't fully understand what either meant at that point. There's a good chance I still don't. But both models had one thing in common. To fix problems in an organization, you need to fix the system, not the people. A crucial idea, to be sure, but I still found ways to incorporate compliance mindsets. Most important about this time is the idea of a systems view intrigued me enough that I felt compelled to learn even more. It was not a large leap from Conklin and Reason to other authors of note. Soon I was reading Decker, Hallnagel, Levison, Woods, and others. The ideas were intriguing with discussions about complexity, socio-technical systems, trade-offs, and resilience floating in my mind. However, it was all a bit overwhelming still, and although I was growing closer to being comfortable shedding the comfort of compliance, I wasn't quite there yet. The true sea change occurred, though, when a colleague sent me the link to safetydifferently.com. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but everything just clicked after reading through a few of the posts. Suddenly, all the pieces seemed to come together into a beautiful whole. The problem isn't that we need to find better ways to induce compliance. The problem is that I think that compliance is something that I need to induce at all. The people aren't the problem. My view of them and of the system they are operating in is the problem. Safety isn't something that we safety professionals bestow upon those entrusted to us. Safety is something created through the adaptive capacity of people who are normally trustworthy and reliable and who achieve success the overwhelming majority of the time despite poorly designed systems and sometimes incredible odds. People are not safe because of my attempts to control them. People are safe in spite of my feeble attempts at control. Innovation and creativity are some of my biggest allies, not the enemy I always envisioned. How empowering and humbling were these ideas all at once. As I look back now at the last decade, it is astounding how far I've come in my thinking. Where once I saw only command and control, now I see cooperation and facilitation. And even with the understanding that in the next 10 years I will likely change more than I realize. I'm excited for that change. Safety no longer is about knowing everything there is to know about some regulation or standard. Safety holds seemingly limitless potential for learning and growth. 
There are a myriad of directions I may go in the future, and all of this means significant uncertainty. But I no longer fear that uncertainty, because by thinking about safety differently, I no longer have to pretend to have control. Like the employees I work to facilitate safety creation with, my strength is not my ability to constrain my circumstances, but rather in my innate ability to successfully adapt to those circumstances. And adaptation means change. Now, that's not such a bad thing to me anymore. That's it for me. Thanks to Drew for giving me the opportunity to share my thoughts with you all. And thanks to you all for listening. This has been Ron, and this is my two cents worth of safety. Goodbye.